Hello, everyone. This is Bruce Stephen Holmes, Timeless Voyager Radio. Glad to be with all of you this evening. Uh, in my first hour, we're going to talk to Helix Foundation and find out what it is that you can do to literally... Now, folks, are you ready for this? <laughs> you can literally grow your own replacement parts. I'm talking about your body now. Clone Store your own DNA. We're going to talk to two gentlemen that are definitely changing the face of a number of, uh, of companies here in the United States and probably the world. Well, let's get going. Let me bring my uh, first two guests on, Mark Polipsky and Steve Weiner of the Helix Foundation. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Oh, thank you very much, Bruce. Hi, Bruce. Now, let's uh, find out what exactly is the Helix Foundation for our listeners. Uh, well, the, this is Mark speaking. You can hear me all right, Bruce? I sure can. Okay. Uh, the Helix Foundation essentially is a gene storage company. It's a commercial gene bank. And what we do is we store genetic material. This is Gene, G-E-N-E, not... Uh... Correct. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is not Jordache genes. These okay. are the genes that are in your cells, the right. uh, DNA. So you're storing DNA. Correct. So people who want to store their DNA go to you. Well, they would call us, and we, we take care of the actual mechanical operation of uh, extracting the cells from their body. Uh, Does this hurt? Uh, it's actually a blood sample, so uh, it hurts as much as a needle would hurt. Okay, so you take the, the, uh, the gene and uh, store it. How? Well, first we take a sample of blood. We spin down select cells from that blood. Uh, blood contains... Uh, well, the red part is red blood cells. Uh, most people are familiar with those because that gives color to the blood. But there's also white blood cells uh, mixed in there. Uh, the white blood cells contain chromosomes and genes in your DNA. Uh, it's exactly the same for every cell in your body that has a nucleus. Uh, we extract the white cells and then freeze-dry them. It's a special process. <laughs> like coffee. Like uh, Exactly right. the same thing, except that uh, this takes a little bit longer because we have to maintain the integrity of the cells themselves. All right, now this is the exact, you say, chemical blueprint, the blueprint, or the plan of your body. Correct. With uh, You know, in, in, the, in Sanskrit, they call that the chit, <laughs> C-H-I-T, the, uh, the blueprint for the body. Well, that's precisely what it is. With the, with the instructions encoded in your DNA, uh, you are produced. Now, you say <laughs> that a person literally... Now, of course, right now, growing your own replacement parts uh, um, is not being done, or is it? Uh, it is being done. There was, it is. It is being done. <laughs> I need to get up to date here, I guess. Uh, this well, is a, just lot of, a lot of this uh, biotechnology is uh, sort of cutting edge, and it's reported in uh, rather arcane scientific journals. But I believe it was in Oxford, England, they grew a pig with a human heart. They took some DNA from a human being. They implanted it into a, an embryonic pig, and the pig grew up. And about six months later, uh, they, were, they were able to determine that this pig had human tissue for a heart. You heard that you can store your DNA. Uh, and uh, <laughs> the thing that I really like about this is this is not science fiction. Let's see here. Uh, let's talk about the first part. We said replacement parts. Now, you're saying that, that if a person needed to have an organ transplant, why not have their own organ regrown? That's right, Bruce. Uh, the, the lifespan of certain animals, uh, let's say a pig, for instance, if you needed a kidney or uh, a heart, 
uh, within six months to a year, you could literally grow a heart that was, uh, well, the term is histocompatible. In other words, it would be completely compatible with your tissue. So no, none of the uh, uh, medication that people take now to stop, um, what is the word? The rejection. The rejection. rejection. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we, we are. Steve, are you there? I'm there. Okay. Now, uh, I guess, as usual, we have the situation. Now, Steve, are, how are you doing this? Are you on a different line? or? I'm on a, I'm on a different line, yes. Okay, um, we may have to have you call in at the 800 number if it doesn't get any clearer, but we'll try this. Um, not to cut you off, Mark, but uh, Steve, Steve Weiner, as a matter of fact. Um, Steve, tell me something. You um, have here all kinds of research. You're creating a personal genetic time capsule, is that right? In a, in a very real sense, we are. Getting back to what Mark just said, if you remember that your genes are literally the the biological description of what you are, when we save that, and we save it in liquid, in liquid nitrogen as we do, we've created a time capsule of your genetic code. So essentially, you, you can say this, you take a picture of the person at some period in their life through the DNA. Is the picture always the same or does it change? It's not going to change once it's in liquid nitrogen. No, I said, I'm asking you this question. Does the DNA of a person change as they get older? Absolutely, and that's why it's imperative that you preserve your DNA as early as you can. It, so, you, so literally, in other words, if you're like uh, 18 years old and you, and you uh, put your DNA in the storage, then when you're 60 years old and you want to have a, a new heart that's like an 18-year-old, you go back and you take the DNA out and, and grow a new heart. Well... Ultimately, I... I'm, Am I simplifying this too much? You're simplifying it, but you're getting right to the bottom of it, and that's that's where we hope the technology is heading, and that's we're seeing the earliest signs of that right now. Uh, and one of the mainstream theories of why we age is that as cells recopy themselves as DNA copies over and over and over again, uh, the copying process is not perfect. It is 99.9, and add a dozen more nines, percent perfect, but it's not 100% perfect. And as you live for decades and you get countless repetitions of, this, of copies, you get errors start creeping in. And when you look at your DNA, when you're 60, and compare it to your 20-year-old DNA, you see a lot of errors that are now part of your code, part of your template. You're a changed person. And the idea would be um, that at some point in time we'll be able to go to the bank, take your 20-year-old DNA out, program a nanomachine or a uh, genetically engineered virus, and insert that into your body and set the clock back, reprogram you. Mark, uh, let's talk about cloning. All right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, you're, you're chuckling because you... Well, I'm not really chuckling. I'm... I'm um... Uh, actually, I was I, well. I was chuckling. Obviously, I was chuckling, but I wasn't chuckling about that. I was chuckling about the level of your voice. Now it was because it was really loud, and I could see my my poor board operator uh, panning, uh, potting the thing down <laughs> to save his ears. Um, let's see here. Right now, of course, the rest we're not being cloned. We're oh. we're walking around on the earth, but but uh, but there's cloning going on. Tell me about that. Well, the scientists have been cloning. Let's talk. Okay, first, the definition. What is cloning? Cloning is when you take a cell from uh, any animal and you reproduce a genetically identical animal to the first. So basically, you create a twin. 
uh, it would be as if you had a twin brother or if I had a twin brother uh, or seven brothers, all twins, all genetically identical. Uh, these, these twins, of course, can be separated in time so that uh, while I'm, I'm approaching 50 years old, I could have a twin brother who is five years old. Uh, By, if, if you had saved your DNA when you were five? Uh, no. No? If I saved my if if I just took a cell from my body right now, okay. and we cloned it uh, five years from now, there would be a five year old who was a genetically. Oh, I see what you're saying. You would start one growing in uh, what a test tube or something. Well, correct, but we, it's a little more sophisticated than that. Well, I don't mean I don't. Okay, great. You know, but now, okay. So then, of course, the questions that come up immediately are, are questions about the soul. And how do you get inside that that clone then? Uh, well. <laughs> or we, we we weren't talking about that. I am. <laughs> I mean, after all, why would I want a five-year-old twin brother? What I really want to do is get rid of the one I'm in and get into that one. That's right. Uh, you don't have any information on that yet, do you? Well, a lot of it is just speculation, and quite honestly, the Helix Foundation doesn't take an official stand uh, about that. We we essentially store DNA and help people. Uh, put their DNA in storage for use any way they want in the future. But I, I did want to comment on just one thing. You were talking about cloning. There there have been experiments where they have indeed cloned human beings. Uh, it created a, quite a bit of stir in the scientific community uh, because it raised ethical, moral, legal issues. But uh, it is possible and it has been demonstrated that humans can be cloned, just as we clone horses and cows and pigs mm. and other animals. So we're really uh, we're we are there. Brave new world is already in the past. Uh, yes, we're, <laughs> we're there, and quite honestly, we're not sure where there is. Uh, the technology is in place, and it's accessible to people. Uh, indeed, that's our business. Our business is to make uh, this technology available to people. I All right, uh, Mark Polipsky is my guest. Steve Weiner is my guest. They work together in a company called Helix Foundation. Uh, Mark, well, actually, Steve, how about that? Steve, come on back on there. <laughs> Here I am. Uh, how do people store the DNA? We get the call. We send them an information package, which includes, among other things, a contract. We fully explain our service, and if somebody's interested, they complete the contract. They mail it back into us. At that time, we send them a sample collection kit. That contains vials for their doctor to, to put the blood in, into, a mailer, a Federal Express mailer, as well as instructions for whoever they go to to have the blood drawn. Once the blood is drawn and put into the mailer, it goes to a laboratory. Laboratory processes the sample, uh, you know, basically spins out the white blood cells, freeze-dries them, seals them, all under sterile conditions, and delivers it to our storage facility, where we place it into liquid nitrogen. Okay, now... Uh... <laughs> Now comes now comes the question of all, though. I mean, what is this thing? Is this like another monthly payment that a person comes up with now? Not at all. Uh, you have two options under our, our standard contract. You could just you could pay a, a cash figure, one cash payment, and that's it. That's all the money you'll ever be charged. Or you could, um, depending upon what term you term of lease you uh, you actually contract for, which could be five or ten or twenty five or perpetual. For perpetual, the uh, Perpetual means means Perpetual what? means basically a 25-year lease with an automatic self-renewal. The only obligation on the part of the depositor of the genetic material is just confirm that they're still there, that they that they are interested in having an automatic renewal after 25 years. To tell to remind you in case uh, you've forgotten that you did it, or God forbid you died and your heirs uh, are now going on about their business, 
this will remind him of the fact that you you have stored your DNA and uh, 25 years is coming up. Do you wish an automatic self-renewal? That's Wait, a minute. I, I love this. Now, now, here's the best part. <laughs> your heirs get mad, don't they? Because because they're not going to be your heirs if you get to come back and get the money. <laughs> That's an interesting wrinkle. <laughs> All right. So, uh, folks, what do you think of this? 800-745-8255. We're going to take calls. Um, we'll start taking them in about two or three minutes. So if you want to get on the line uh, so that you don't get a busy signal, now is the time to call in. My guests, uh, Mark Polipsky and Steve Weiner of Helix foundation serious stuff although i you know it kind of makes me laugh some of the things but but really when you get right down to it we're talking about complete identical identities <laughs> you can have 10 of yourself if you can afford it well Bruce, uh, may I interject here? Absolutely. All right. It, it's not just a matter of having 10 of yourself if you can afford it. Uh, consider all of the, the learning experiences that we go through in life. Uh, I've, I've often wondered what it would be like if I had a little package, let's say, containing a, a videotape and a diary and some notes uh, from myself in a previous life uh, to sort of guide me along, let me know what my likes, my dislikes would be, uh, what my aptitudes were. Uh, I think I would be better able to deal with with a lot of the trials and tribulations that uh, I, I had to go through to get where I am. Okay, so basically, what you want to do is you want to have it. Ha- you want to take the body you've got now and keep rejuvenating it. I, and you say here, basically, lifespans can be included as long as four hundred years. Right. That's one way of doing it. Another way is actually to take the DNA that you're you're saving and do a DNA transplant, literally inject your youthful DNA into the, the same body, and uh, just keep that, that same body. No need to change bodies. Timeless Voyager Radio, we are back, and uh, a lot of you people driving home late on an Easter weekend probably wondering... Uh, well, this is this will help keep you awake anyway. Let's see here. Uh, we do have a call. Okay, it's Ken, Lebanon, New Hampshire. Welcome to the show, Ken. Hey, how are you, Bruce? All right. Uh, <laughs> what do you think? Uh, well, you know, I'm a scientist myself, and I, I'm finding it a little difficult to swallow. I guess some of the uh, some of the, uh, the the statements they're making. Uh, I mean, I think in theory, it's a it's a, it's a great concept. Uh, maybe okay, well, two or three hundred years down the line, you know, that long. Well, I think right now the, the current status is that it's just too difficult to to do these gene experiments or to try to reconstitute an entire human being from. Uh, okay, well, uh, you want to address that to Mark or Steve? Sh- sure, uh, Mark. Oh uh, yes, Bruce. Um, the the question, of course, is how advanced is technology and what are we doing with it? Uh, right now, there are cattle that are literally reconstituted from. Uh, somatic nuclei, that's just nuclei of ordinary cells, let's say a muscle cell, or actually they're using spleen and liver cells because the the DNA in those is uh, a little bit better, it seems, for this process. So it seems to me that if you can take a a nucleus from any any cell in the body and create a a live cow, uh, creating human beings is not that much further in the future. Uh, There's a certain hesitancy to experiment with human tissue, so to speak. Uh, People get up in arms. There are moral objections to it. It raises a lot of legal questions. 
but technically it's quite feasible. <laughs> what do you think should happen to the, the DNA of these people after they pass on? Is this something that, I mean, are you worried about the disposal or, or, or will people's wishes be carried on after they've, they've passed on? Uh, Steve is Steve is an attorney, and he's actually well versed in this particular thing. Let me let me let him field that particular question. I can. Yes. Basically, what we do, we enter into a contract with our customer, with the donor. We're con we're bound by the contract to honor the donor's wishes. The the, uh, the sample of the DNA that you suppose you stored your DNA, can is treated as an item of your personal property that's basically leased. Uh, you you have a lease with our gene bank where we store your sample. You can provide in your will, for example, uh, any disposition that you care. You can direct a specific heir to take custody of that sample. You can pass your wishes on you know, through, to establish legal channels. We are contract-bound to honor your wishes, just as anyone in any sort of a contract is obligated by law to comply with the wishes of the other party entering the contract. Okay. Well, what do you think, Ken? Well, you know, I, I'm still a little bit skeptical. I, I think that it's a, a dangerous territory. The whole subject of eugenics, I think, is... What is your area of science? Um, basically, I, uh, I'm a cancer researcher. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, I do a lot of uh, genetics work, so I have some familiarity with the topic. I mean, I, I, I kind of think I overestimated the amount of time. I don't think these kind of experiments are two or 300 years in the future. I think they're a lot sooner, but I think maybe... Uh, a lot more thought needs to go into how we want to, you know, uh, enter this new realm of genetic experimentation. I think it's kind of dangerous, well, potentially dangerous. Well, I, I agree with you, uh, and one of the reasons that uh, we've actually started this business is because we want to give people the opportunity to make those decisions and to be in the forefront of breaking science, uh, one of one of the biggest tragedies we face is, uh, let's say, uh, the owner of a thoroughbred horse gives us a call and they want to store the DNA of their horse. And uh, after we explain the process to them, they they wind up telling us that they've just had to put the horse down and put the horse to sleep the week before. Uh, this creates a problem for us because we don't have viable tissue at that point, and we do like to save live cells to to preserve that that life force. Uh, as soon as you save your DNA, uh, you've essentially stopped a certain biological clock. Uh, you're, you're holding your place in time, and whether we use, whether we use it 10 years, 20 years, or 100 years from now, uh, it's saved. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I agree with you. Um, do you do any testing of the blood like to make sure that it's free of any type of viruses like HIV or hepatitis B, something like that? I understand the question, and... Part of our screening is to remove only those cells and only those those cells that contain the DNA that that are actually human, uh, and so we sort of rule out and, and screen out various viruses uh, that are there. Of course, someone let's say HIV. It's a, a hot topic these days. Someone with an HIV infection uh, runs the risk of saving the HIV viral uh, RNA along with their sample. Right. Uh, however. Uh, the hope in something like that is that uh, by the time they're able to reconstitute their DNA uh, for whatever purposes, uh, we will be able to deal with the HIV uh, RNA 
uh, with some more modern technology. Certainly today we have difficulty doing that. That's right. Yeah. Ken, I got to thank you very much for your call. I really appreciate Thanks. it. Uh, Take it easy. Okay. All right. Now, um, let's see, Steve. Uh, that's nice that you're uh, that you're an attorney because I, because this thing is opening up all kinds of uh, questions. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if this could be the longest trial ever in the history of mankind. Um, just to decide uh, who was who. Uh, for, for example, if, if you've cloned yourself and you have a younger version of yourself, you may not want to um, face yourself in court. <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. Uh, you're not referring to any trials that are currently underway, are you? <laughs> there may not, I don't know. This, is, this adds a whole new dimension to, to all this stuff. Okay, biomedicine is really what we're talking about, though. Right? I mean, yeah. we're talking about benefits that are promised by biomedicine. Uh-huh. Uh, the benefits are in the future, and what you are saying right now, both of you, is that people who want to be on the cutting edge should store their DNA now while they're healthy, or hopefully healthier than they, than they will be maybe in 25 years, so that if, and this is the, this is the, this is the one we circle, if these types of biomedicine move forward the way we think they will, then a person can draw on their DNA that they've stored. Correct. Uh, the, the thing to remember is that no matter how old you are, you're never going to be any younger than you are today. I like this. Is this a tautology of some sort? <laughs> well, it seems like that, but it, it's, it's just a truism. It, uh, tomorrow I will be a day older. Uh, whether you're 80 years old or whether you're 8 years old, your DNA is not going to get any more youthful than it is in its current state. Many people say the DNA uh, carries all the information and never changes. Uh, in in the, the real sense, that's not true. In uh, a very limited sense, that is true. Uh, DNA doesn't change, and it does carry all the information that you need to live. However, as you age, major portions of DNA within individual cells are altered. They're called mutations. Uh, these are little hits that we get from cosmic rays that, that uh, impinge upon the molecules. Uh, there's certain free radicals. Uh, this is very big vitamin therapies and uh, anti-free radical therapies, uh, antioxidant therapies are quite popular in the press. All of these uh, therapies are aimed at reducing the amount of molecular destruction to the DNA in the cells. Um, DNA does alter. Sir, Bruce, let's put it this way. If, if I have a, a million cells and they all have a copy of my original DNA, uh, at some point if you extracted all of that DNA and took sort of a mass number of those molecules, they would all be very similar. However, each individual molecule might be just slightly different. So uh, it does change a bit as we age. Very interesting company because uh, what they do is they store DNA. And I notice here it says uh, group discounts are available. Now, are we talking about uh, perhaps getting a football team or something or, or the uh, the uh, most incredible basketball team to have ever played? We're actually talking <laughs> about families. <laughs> well, I guess I'm giving Steve all kinds of new ideas, right, Steve? I can hear him writing it down. <laughs> um Tell me a little bit about the genetic counseling that you provide. That's a service you provide along with this. Well, people often ask us, well, you know, you, you save all this DNA, but what do you really do with it? What can we do with it today? Uh, certainly uh, anyone who's contemplating getting married, having children, 
should consider a gene scan, uh, which is one of the basic services that we provide. I mean, since we're extracting cells that contain DNA, uh, we're actually looking at that DNA. Uh, part of the processing of your sample includes uh, what's called a gene scan. Uh, this looks for major and minor abnormalities in chromosomal structure as well as the chemical structure of your DNA. Uh, most people don't spend any time considering their progeny, you know, their children. It's, it's sort of a catch-as-catch-can or just a, a, a random lottery, I guess. Uh, one of the things we provide is uh, a little foreknowledge uh, about what's available uh, in your genes themselves. We know how to store it. And we know about the cloning. Now come the questions. What if somebody gets a hold of your <laughs> private stash of DNA and starts to play around with it? Are you ready for that kind of thing? Uh, I, I don't think that's possible, although, uh, you know, there are terrorists, and I'm, I'm sure in the future we're going to have uh, DNA terrorists as well. But uh, the Helix Foundation is basically a gene bank and our storage facility is rather secure uh, and rather secretive, so I don't think we have to worry about that in the very sure. near future. Uh, tell me something. What uh, you know now? Now that you've been on Timeless Voyager Radio, which is a which is a show that is highly listened to by the Federal Bureau of Investigation, <laughs> the CIA, the DEA, uh, the FDA, and all the others. Um, you can expect them to be knocking at your door. Um, well, we're not opposed to having government agencies deposit DNA. Yeah, uh, but how does FDA look at this? Uh, the Food and Drug Administration uh, actually looks favorably on uh, independent enterprise. We are not... <laughs> <laughs> Did you teach him this one, Steve? <laughs> actually, Bruce, we, we did research jurisdictional issues like that. Uh, and we don't come within the jurisdiction of the Food and Drug Administration. We're not talking about a, it's a service. It's not uh, the marketing of a food or a drug. There are, certain, there are regulation issues when you talk about disposal of material, biological material, but basically uh, we, are, we don't come under, uh, we don't market a service that classically comes under the jurisdiction of any of the agencies that you've mentioned. Which one do you come under? Well, of course, to the extent that we we have to honor our obligations under contract, we're accountable to the laws of the 50 states and the federal jurisdictions. Um, so to that extent, I mean, we come under a great many laws. Um, but other than that, basically, um, as, as Mark said, we're... Uh, you know, there, is no, there are no government regulations that prohibit this type of private enterprise. Now, I, I, think, I think when we get back to uh, our previous call, and unfortunately I've let all the other calls go, uh, but Ken brought up an interesting point. I mean, uh, the, the questions are, are just that. There doesn't seem to be any any uh, jurisdiction, and, and uh, no one is quite clear what what to even do about this stuff. Well, this is this is one of the reasons why we actually got involved in this business in the first place. So we wanted to make sure that we had a, a solid foothold, uh, a solid grasp on this technology and we wanted to give people just ordinary people the opportunity to literally buy a certain amount of biological insurance very interesting uh, little uh, snippet from the brochure i was looking at it says while we cannot predict the future there is irrefutable evidence that future technology will someday soon be able to work biomedical miracles with dna 
and it will be for your own personal benefit. So you might as well store a small sample of your DNA. Well, it's kind of like money in the bank, isn't it? <laughs> uh, actually, that's exactly what it is like. It's uh, Well, when you think about it, Bruce, we spend a lot of money for insurances for various uh, calamities that may befall us. Uh, I have auto insurance. We have house insurance. Uh, they're life insurance. But uh, we really have no biological life insurance except the storage of our DNA. Well, I like it. Uh, <laughs> how many people are in on this already? Uh, well... I'm not allowed to discuss that, but okay. uh, there's... What are their names and where do they live? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, obvious, obviously, there are obvious reasons why we can't. One is that okay. there's a certain amount of confidentiality that we sure. will maintain. That's, and, not, that's not contract. Okay. Right. We, we, we must maintain this. And also, we, we didn't want to uh, dip into the uh, celebrity advertising sort of route. Uh, we'd, rather, we'd rather just keep it quiet. Thank you both for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure, Bruce. Thank you, Bruce. All right.